Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Tony. And this is Making It in Asheville. A podcast where the two of us sit down with an Asheville local, an artist, entrepreneur, a creator, and ask them what they are making and how they are making it in Asheville. And in today's episode, we talk with Andrew Nellig. He's the founder of Bada Bastu. Uh, Bada Bastu is a Nordic bathhouse located in the south slope of Asheville. They offer hot-cold therapy. And while it's somewhat of a spa, Andrew actually doesn't define it as a spa, um, simply because it's a little bit more about therapy and community than it is about just pure relaxation. Yeah, and uh, Sarah and I have actually visited sarah did a full kind of massage plus hot cold treatment i just uh went through the hot cold relax cycle um that they kind of champion really and absolutely loved it the place is gorgeous um and we already wanted to talk to andrew and then after visiting uh, knew that we would love to have him on as a guest and in our assessment, I think this episode is fun, but it's also loaded with meaningful information. So A, about the practice of hot-cold treatment and its many benefits, um, but also Andrew's like very, I would say, candid about where they are as a business, uh, where he's hoping to take it. And I find that very uh, powerful that he's able to tell us so much about how much he's done in the last year and a half with Badabastu. So without further ado, here is episode number 14 with Andrew Nellig. Enjoy. So um, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of stuff that happens in this uh conversation that is going to be really uh i'd say informative that's my guess so we've had a couple conversations in the past every time i feel i'm left feeling like wow andrew's the man and he's so smart but it's not like an offensive smart where like you're like oh man i'm not smart enough to participate in that conversation it's just like wow that was meaningful like i i find value when we talk and so i've been very excited about this specific conversation for what seems like a little a while considering how little long how not long we've known each other right the moment we met was the moment i was like i'm dying to have a conversation yeah there was obviously some things that clicked pretty quickly i mean you've been in new york in the tech scene and i was in san francisco in that scene and then meeting up in Asheville, you i don't know maybe maybe that's how it was meant to go right so i think so yeah and so Sarah and I just, it was Thursday or Friday, what day? Thursday, Wednesday. Last week, we used uh, a lot of the services here. And so I want to say Bada Bastu. Correct. Yeah, Bada Bastu. It bada means bastu. to take a sauna in Swedish. Um, that was one of the questions for yeah. today. Cool. Bada Bastu, to take a sauna. So I used the hot, cold therapy sarah got a massage and hot cold therapy and never felt more peaceful than we did on like well while we were here but that evening uh and so then from then on it's like all right so w- what are all the things that we are going to try and ask and uh we didn't write any of them down we're going <laughs> to just go for it how's that sound yeah well it's really <laughs> that right um it's a super tough thing for us to explain verbally right. to guests 
or to market it, that's the biggest battle we have is how do we convey how people feel after they use our facility and the truth is we just have to get them in the door any way we can and then they come and pretty much everyone so far has loved it mm -hmm. and then and that's because there's physiological responses that happen in the body with sauna and cold therapy you can't like do our hot cold relaxed circuit and not feel different it's physically impossible <laughs> yeah. yeah i love the um the little cards that you guys have out front that after someone does the the sauna circuit if that's what you call it uh they write down how they feel yeah how do you feel now it's great yeah, yeah. yeah. i was that's like sarah way. how do you feel now and she just kind of like looked at me and i was like no no how do you feel now? And she's like, oh, <laughs> she started like writing out <laughs> like how we feel. And that is, I, I, I love that. I feel like my guess is that that's one of the more photographed or stopped at places in, in Badabastu right now. Is that right? Uh, the little message the little board message where we board. let everybody put those notes up mm -hmm. of how they feel now. Yeah. I think a lot of people have been snapping pictures of that on the way out. Um, we want community right so we look at that as a way to show lots of people that come maybe they come by themselves but they see all these little messages from everybody else like oh this works for me it works for you it works for all these other people too mm -hmm. and now you're like a part of something um and so we we really like you know sharing other people's excitement in that way yeah yeah and i think it's a beautiful i mean it's such a simple thing right it's like these little cards and pen um, but it, it's certainly meaningful and it's normalizing and it's, uh, it creates that sense of, oh, wow, a lot of other people have been here. Um, because when, when we came, I think at the most, it was in the middle of the day, like it was a little bit intentional. We figured that, that would be a little bit quieter. Yep. Um, but like at most there was like seven people. Perfect. Um, is that like, that's about. Yeah. Right now we're, you know, we hit capacity usually two days a week for like a few hours. Mm -hmm. So right now, everybody who comes is having a, a great experience. And that's one of the reasons we're sitting in this basement that's half developed is because when the cool weather comes back, we have a feeling that volume's going to go back up um, and we want people to have more space to spread out. Yeah. And downstairs is going to be completely silent and upstairs will be social and bright. So mm -hmm. it'll be a complete opposite circuit of hot, cold, relaxed downstairs eventually. Um, and upstairs will remain hot, cold, relaxed, like social area. Mm -hmm. So people can hang out and talk like they do now. I can't very wait. Cool. <laughs> I can't so wait. back up because yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very curious to know what the inspiration was for starting this. Hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, really, it was either I build this at my house or I build a company. And I got into it because a good friend of mine who I played high school sports with, we reconnected when I moved back to San Francisco. Um, and he struggled with like TMJ. Um, he had had a couple of concussions and chronic and sleep apnea. TMJ just as an acronym in case... Yeah. In case anyone else, not me, in case anyone listening, not me, uh, doesn't know what that is. TMJ is... Or or the symptoms of TMJ. Symptoms of, it's like a jaw tightness okay. and teeth grinding at night mm -hmm. and 
I'm I can't believe I don't remember what it stands for right now. That's embarrassing. But uh, yeah, it's imagine the people who didn't even know what the acronym meant. So right, cool. Yeah. So it's the tight. Yeah. I, and I, I actually, as you say that, I know a couple of people in New York mm-hmm. when stress hit them, right? They would go like chronic headaches and mm-hmm. and jaw that would just lock jaw. Right. So it's exactly. Probably it's kind of like stemming from like right around your temples area mm-hmm. and a little bit lower. It's like this tightness in there that doesn't let up and when it doesn't let up, you want to grind your teeth at night. Um, you have headaches from it. Um, and he also had like, yeah, just, just a number of problems, right? Not sleeping well, you know, and then that leads to like a little bit of mood instability and, um, also just like less patience. Mm -hmm. All those things are just, um, symptoms of, a problem but when you have a problem just like chronic pain right like you have chronic back pain then you're unhealthy in your head um you feel uncomfortable and irritable and then you know that begets you you know maybe using something else or Mm -hmm. doing something else that's unhealthy to try and combat that issue right so it's just like a problem that carries down the road so he was doing this and and um, I was talking to him. I was playing ice hockey and street hockey in San Francisco. Has this badass um, street hockey league. It's pretty intense. If I'm not and mistaken, they were highlighted in Muddy Ducks, too. <laughs> oh, maybe they were. I don't know, but it was intense. And um, I've never been more sore in my life. You know, as a 29 year old playing with a bunch of ex pros on on asphalt in like a kid's gym area beating the crap out of each other and then i'd go home so sore like my legs just killed um and he was like why don't you try cold water baths you know to see about recovery on that like inflammation and stuff and you know on other things like um i struggled with mood instability a little bit when i was younger um that's part of my story for sure like i quit drinking seven years ago and you know, that's right around the time I quit drinking. And then maybe a year and a half later, I, I found cold therapy. Um, and then we moved into an apartment complex that happened to have a pool that was unheated in San Francisco. So it was like 55 degrees most of the time. And then one day I found this little window in a wall downstairs on this crazy split level building. It's like an old school motel converted into a hotel and I mean, convert them in an apartment complex, but it was a sauna and I had no idea it was there. Like for the first four months we lived there and then opened it up. It was pretty dirty, cleaned it out hmm. and turned it on and it worked. So I had like a sauna and a cold plunge all of a sudden in my life every day. Um, and then I started hanging out in there with like a friend of mine who lived in the building and then just got more and more and more into it. And really after the first 30 days I did cold water therapy, like my friend challenged me to do that. I was pretty convinced that there was something to it. Definitely for inflammation, right? If nothing else, inflammation. And then, you know, and then I come to find out like, I didn't feel so moody, you know, 60 days later or something like that as I was still doing it. So yeah, that, that's really how I found it. Um, yeah, I could go on. And That's t- crazy. I mean, you can't that, even make yeah. that up, though. Yeah. Like, you just happened to have the the, the raw yeah, like, ingredients of a hot, cold sauna in a weird apartment building in San Francisco. Did yeah, you, totally. Was there any knowledge of, of this, like, Nordic 
bathhouse or European no, spa culture? Not really. I grew up in Northeast Philadelphia. The four main food groups are cheesesteaks, hoagies, pizza, and wings, right? Like that's what town? But just because uh it's a little town called Bryn Athen, Bryn Pennsylvania. Athens. Cool. Bryn Mar. I mean, my buddies went to Vill- Villanova. I went to mm-hmm. school out in southeastern Pennsylvania. Yeah. There's a chance. Cool. Yeah. Um Bryn-Athen. Yep, Brynathen. That's where I grew up. It's a fun town. Um, anyone who wants to Google it, there'll be <laughs> plenty of interesting information for you. Um, yeah. So I don't. I, yeah, no, I lost so, my train of thought. No, it was just about like, had you heard of the Nordic or learned of the mm. Nordic? So this is, you said it's about like seven, six, seven years ago. Right. Um, yeah. And so like I, so I it think it's timely today, right? This idea mm-hmm. of like saunas and cold. Um, you yeah, know, and ser- wellness too. And, and, I mean, like, for sure, wellness yeah. is like probably the biggest it's ever. I feel like it's always been a big market. No, but it's specifically, the it's ever been. yeah, specifically now, specifically this type of like, uh, I would say recovery based wellness. But like, you have mm-hmm. heroes like Wim Hof and Joe Rogan and um, Doctor Peter Atia and Doctor Rhonda Patrick. Rhonda Patrick are the two that I was thinking of. And yeah. so this was probably. Maybe a little before them, or like right Wim, when they were coming on the yeah, scene. Yeah, Wim had just released his online class, like his cool. first one. Um, and my friend, the guy who was into cold water therapy, he and I bought the class and shared it. Don't cool. tell Wim we cheated him. <laughs> uh, uh, it's in the mail. The check's in the mail, Wim. We're yeah, making it it's right. It's in the mail. Um, yeah, so I did Wim Hof breathing, uh, learned that method. Um, I'm a big fan of that method. I will say that, like, do not do it in cold water, especially by yourself. Because you might um, faint. Is that why? Uh, people have shallow water blackouts. It's mm-hmm. it's a blackout actually because it's a long breath holding technique. Um, so it's a forty five rhythmic breaths and then an exhale and a breath hold and then you repeat that cycle. Um, and people, it's very common for people to have shallow water blackouts and die because. Mm-hmm. You know, you drowned after that, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't don't practice Wim Hof breathing here, please. But I'm a big fan. <laughs> that's fair. In the relaxation area. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's one of the things <laughs> I, I was thinking about in the little uh, cold plunge. I was like, I wonder, because you had mentioned like your mm-hmm. one of the fears was that you know somehow or another it's not like someone's not wired right for yeah. the change in temperature. Yeah, people who have heart conditions, you know, there's rare heart conditions and rare rare genetic disorders that can cause people to have cardiac arrest going from sauna to cold therapy. It's it's such a small percentage of the population, yeah. but it does exist and um so yeah, we we only have two cameras in the facility, one's on the basement door and one's on the cold pool just to yeah. have an eye on things. It makes a lot of sense. Mhm. Yeah. But yeah. no Wim Hof breathing here. That makes sense. That's also sounds yeah. fair. But so this was right as it was coming out. Yeah, Wim Wim was coming out, and then uh, you know people like Tim Ferriss had mm-hmm. just came out with an article with Rhonda Patrick um, that she observed a study done in Finland over twenty years with I believe two thousand plus men and. Basically, the highlights were cardiac arrest, stroke, Alzheimer's, um, 
all drastically lower if sauna use was regular. So they did like some of the people did two days a week. Some did four days a week. Um, pretty much everything you could ever want as you're aging will be better if you use sauna regularly is what the study is highlighting. And, and apart from aging, is there are there other illnesses that this has yeah. proven to help? Definitely. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, anyone who has um, autoimmune diseases really loves hot and cold therapy because they struggle with inflammation. So uh, we have a lot of people who have Lyme disease on the East Coast. It's becoming worse and worse. Um, it seems like every day I... I meet a new customer that has Lyme and, um, you know, right now we've done a few things to help those people. So we sponsor people that have, Mm -hmm. um, chronic inflammation problems so that they can come to the facility, um, much more regularly at a much lower price. Um, and all we ask for in return is kind of like a testimonial for that. Um, cause really I'm just curious myself, like how many people are out there and how much is this helping? Um, Mm. So, yeah, I I look for people like that. And then people who struggle with uh, addiction and recovery tend to really like it because it is a state-changing experience. And, you know, that compulsion that drives people to, like, crave sugar or alcohol or drugs or whatever um, when that the body's in this tense, compulsive mode, um, doing hot and cold therapy can really just reset that, right? So if you're feeling like you're having a real shit day, um, you can come in here, do a round of hot and cold therapy, and you're going to come out feeling a lot different than you went in. So mm-hmm. people, people like it for that. Um, then on the, yeah, it's a great question. Yeah. You can keep going, right? <laughs> uh, then on the pro athlete side of things, like professional athletes are using it um, as training because it improves red blood cell count. So you can increase your red blood cell count using sauna regularly. And then endurance athletes and cold water therapy, that's a thing too. So depending on what type of athlete comes in the door, you know, our staff kind of knows what they should be telling them. If a big heavy power lifter comes in, well, they need to know that sauna directly after heavy lifting is proven to increase muscle mass. But uh, cold therapy directly after heavy lifting is proven to do the opposite, right? Decrease muscle mass because it shuts down the systems that rebuild muscle mass so you're like breaking the muscle mass down and then turning off the rebuild system so you don't want to do that and i guess the theory is between 12 and 24 hours um is kind of like what you should wait to after a heavy lifting session to do cold water therapy but again sauna is great um after heavy lifting so and then endurance has sort of opposite kind of conversation right so if you're doing endurance sports, um, you know, you go for a half marathon race, come to Badabastu right after, hydrate, hit the sauna, hit the cold plunge. You're going to flush out way more lactic acid than you, you're going to do any other way. Um, and lactic acid, you know, tears up muscle. So um, if you were going to race again within the next couple of days and you did cold water therapy after your first race, that would be a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So, uh, I think it might be helpful just to make sure that we're all using the same terms. When you say sauna, 
you mean specifically the hot sauna, right? So sauna is not a catch-all for yeah. the for the hot cold therapy, right? Hot yeah. cold relax, right? We we've trademarked hot cold relax, which is fifteen minutes of finished sauna is how it's technically pronounced, and then a rinsing rinsing shower, and then cold bath um, or cold plunge uh, for three to five minutes, and then relax and rehydrate and let your body self-regulate temperature. That's what we tell people to do as a general practice. Mm -hmm. And you want to do two to four rounds of that when you come visit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, sauna has all different types. There's um, like Russian banyas. There's um, infrared sauna now, which has a a huge movement currently. And then there's traditional Finnish sauna that's dry. So there's no water available to put on the rocks. And Mm. then there's, you know, uh, what we do, which is we allow put people to put water on the rocks in our upstairs sauna right now to add humidity to the room, which makes you, um, sweat more. Right. Kind of like seed you with a little bit of sweat is what I've correct. Yeah. But there's no proven health benefits to like adding more water to the rocks that I know of. And, and, no steam room because like, i i know like a lot of like health spa mm-hmm. places will have like a sauna room and then a steam room yeah like a it's not like that's like a turkish bath kind of thing yeah or a wet sauna yeah, uh, yeah. is yeah. that the idea yeah so that room is run at a, between 110 and 120 degrees typically um they're tiled rooms mm-hmm. and they're 100 percent humidity so i'm really not a fan and the United States isn't going to like to hear that because they're huge fans of steam. But the problem with steam is a couple of things. One is the room has so much moisture in it that it's in. It's so hard to keep them clean. And mold is just mm. crazy in them. And then two, you're vaporizing water and then inhaling it. And lungs aren't really designed to have water in them. And you're putting basically 100% humidity room and breathing this water and so if that water is not really well filtered you're inhaling chlorine you're inhaling fluoride you're inhaling all kinds of stuff and so depending on the facility you don't really know what kind of water filtration they might have Um, so it can be dangerous in that way too and then there's not a single proven health benefit of steam so uh for all those reasons, I'm kind of steering away from it. And we really focus our facility on the benefits of sauna and the benefits of cold water therapy and the benefits of massage therapy. Um, and then also, you know, salt, Epsom salts and stuff like that. All good data. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Love that. So backing up a little bit, we talked about the inspiration for Badabastu. What about the defining moment when you were like, okay, I, you know, I, I've done this in my apartment or uh, some right. version of it. Now I'm gonna. Now we're gonna do it. Open up my own. Yeah. yeah. My wife and I moved from San Francisco to Asheville. We took a year off. We traveled internationally to visit a lot of facilities. We renovated a Sprinter van and traveled the U.S. and visited a bunch of facilities on the West Coast, and then. When we got back to Asheville, we got back September 31st, bought a house October 18th, moved in, looked at our commercial building on October 31st, the first time, started due diligence on the building, 
met with the city, talked to them, blah, 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 ended up leasing the building February 1st and then opened a year to the day that we leased the building. So when we decided to do it, you know, I had been softly working on it for a year already, like just gathering data, talking to business owners. Um, I eventually hounded enough people that I got a mentor who owns a facility that's very similar to mine um, called Asha Urban Baths in Sacramento, California. Um, shout out to them. Great, great facility. Um, yeah, when I, when we decided to do it, it was just all in when you, when you do something like this and the second we lease that building, you know, I didn't take a week off or a, a weekend off the entire year that we were working on it to get it open and you know nothing's obviously changed since then so yeah yeah just more and more why Asheville? Asheville had a great like hole in the market when we got here it was you know there's Grove Park Inn which is extremely expensive and not really a place that you can go regularly for most people and then there was Soji which is also a great facility um kind of tucked out in the mountains and they have hot tubs and they do have sauna and stuff but it, it it just wasn't organized in the way I wanted it to be so I thought that a simple lower price point clean modern facility that was based on you know volume and regular customers um would be a good fit for Asheville and so far that's proven to be true people love it and um yeah now we're looking at obviously more marketplaces for more locations yeah awesome so in, in a past life were you in consulting yeah so I did a little bit of consulting management consulting when I was in San Francisco um, before that I imported sunglasses and distributed sunglasses for five years um, uh, yeah and then before that I coached and managed an ice hockey facility while I ran a car washing company in the spring summer and fall and that really was my like first company that I started in high school. Um, went to college for two years, could not even understand why people paid money for it. And then went back to running that company. Uh, yeah, sold that company and backpacked in Europe for a while. Tried to find myself, you know, as most young Americans do in their early 20s. Um yeah, it was, a, I stumbled around, you know, I just tried different things that made money. And really the truth is like, I just wasn't attached to the, any of them, like on a personal level, they were just opportunities that I saw that maybe we could capitalize on. And sometimes that was true. And sometimes it wasn't. Uh, but this really feels like the most authentic thing I've ever done. You know, the company is, is really my values as well as ethics you know mixed in like it, there's not really a difference between how I look at the world and how the company makes decisions so uh we don't 1099 any of our massage therapists which nobody else in Asheville does or hardly anywhere um they're in-house employees which costs us more but it's the right thing to do we provide better benefits and pay than anybody else in town um and we're gonna keep doing that uh more and more so 
as we can afford to. So, yeah. Well, I love that. And I mean, uh, my mind is kind of racing. So it's not that this is your first ever kind of foray into running a business. I'm I'm wondering, because there's a couple things in the, in the like tweetable version of the story that stood out for me, which was like, you have a capacity to move really fast on Mm -hmm. some stuff that might take other people more time. Yeah. A couple weeks to put a down payment or purchase a home sounds to me. I've never done it like a really fast process. Um, I guess what things, if any, Mm -hmm. kind of stand out for you as maybe uh, tools that you've acquired over the years of running smaller versions of businesses or different businesses? Yeah, that's a great question. I think first off, it's just like a mindset that you're in that maybe once you accomplish one thing that you thought you never could do, almost anything becomes possible. So you have this like strong belief that, well, if they can do it, why can't I? Mm-hmm. And then you then you take that and you mix it with, um, you know, I've been studying business like uh, for a long time. I take notes and have books and books of, you know, whether it was a podcast I listened to that had great information or it was a book I read, you know, it all goes into notebooks that I look at um fairly regularly i'll look back at the past you know every six months or a year i'll read stuff from 2012 you know or 2013 and um yeah that's a tough question to answer i i i'm brash uh i'm not financially savvy but i am good at marketing and selling things Mm -hmm. and i I'm good with communicating with people and really understanding what people want in the marketplace. And when I see something people want in the marketplace, um, I'll test it a little bit. This one was hard to test, obviously, because we had to build a huge brick and mortar. But before that, I did go all around to different people in the health and wellness community here and say what I was going to do, you know, and they all wanted it. And now like, people come in the door every day like, oh man, Asheville has been needing this for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And we hear that every single week. Um, So we were able to fill that need. Um, Yeah. That's, that's, I think the best I can do with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated, right? So like I, I just assumed because I, the soundbite I'd heard in the past was uh, a little bit of management consulting, right? You had said Uh that. And so to me, that means, you probably went to a uh, solid, if not great, liberal arts university, uh, and you were fast tracked from like accounting to consulting, and then you traveled around and made like got miles for mm. spending time <laughs> right, with clients. Yeah. And and I'm hearing a totally different. Yeah, no, I didn't do any of that stuff. I'm like, uh, I'm an off the cuff person. I like to come in and uh with the companies i worked with in san francisco i I basically would walk in the door and just say i'm gonna just watch everybody and listen to what everybody's doing for a while and then i'm gonna tell you what i think you should do Mm -hmm. and a lot of people who lead companies you know they get into it and they're just grinding all the time and they don't have the ability to like kind of zoom out Mm -hmm. and look at the big picture and say like well 
you can do all these things all you want and keep grinding away the same way that you're doing it and get the same results. Or maybe you could step back and say like, oh, we've been ignoring this for a long time. Like, let's address this underlying problem that solves a lot of the issues of the grind. Um, and I think that, that that happens in every business, you know, people could come into my business and and probably point out some things that would make us way more efficient, uh, you know, have better data collection. That's something I'm struggling with right now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it's a skill of mine to just be very observant and understand where people's emotions and egos and pride and, um, uh, affect the company. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and the company needs those things aside because those things don't work toward a common goal. Those things work toward, uh, solving that individual's fear and insecurities um typically right mm -hmm. um so we want we want to remove people's human emotion from the decision making process as much as possible um and that's that can be tricky yeah it sounds exciting i mean so you opened for your first customer what did it have been six months ago yeah we just this july yeah so we have um one or two days left in the month and that will be our six month full full months wow yeah how is it different today than it was in february yeah february was great i mean february was scramble fest um <laughs> i hired um jen our manager she's phenomenal I hired her three months before we opened. And so she really knew the company pretty well before we opened. And she's worked in like uh, coffee shops through college and different fast paced, fast transaction kind of places. So she knew how to like take care of checking people in and creating a system for that. So we had to create so many systems right mm -hmm. at the beginning. Right. So we had these things called yellow slips and we just took hundreds of them and put them at the front desk and, anything an employee thought of that was wrong or needed to be better, they'd put on a slip. And then at the end of the day, Jen and I would look at all the slips and, you know, at the end of a month we had hundreds of slips. Um, and we just kept refining the process. And now it's a lot different today because, you know, we're pretty smooth operationally speaking, everything is phenomenal. Um, and that's due to Jen and the rest of our team here. We have a really tight group of women that work here that have done a phenomenal job uh just grabbing this company as a little infant and really nurturing it into a well well established great operational company like we we don't drop the ball that often um and people for the most part have a good experience knock on wood so yeah right now we're like smooth sailing so now we've kind of moved away from worrying about the operations to worrying about how do we hit like our volume goals so right now um we pre-sold like twenty eight thousand dollars worth of um annual memberships and gift card sales before we opened and then um we were fortunate in that like we hit our operating costs our first month and now we're like just a little bit above operating costs. Um, the numbers really don't speak in my opinion to how well we're doing everywhere else. Um, 
we we're we're at like 50 percent of where we want to be but we're also only at like 25 percent of volume capacity so <clears throat> i predicted people more people to come and more people to spend less money and it turns out less people are coming but they're spending more money mm. um so we're really working on who are our customers and what do they want to be served and um i'm really excited about the future right so i'm always my job in the company is to get more people in the door and to grow the company and then to have a close eye on quality of our product. And when I say product, right, it's a service, right? Um, but we're coming out with a breathwork um, workshop in September and a meditation workshop in September and a detox workshop in September. And so those will be two-day intensive um, sauna, cold plunge mixed in with uh, a coach teaching breath work, if that's the workshop or meditation. And then the detox one, we're going to pair with some uh, high powered supplements that are known for detoxing the body really well. So. Um, so it seems like you have a lot on your mind all the time, constantly. Yeah. yeah. How do you manage all of these goals once, how do you decide yeah. like what i'm gonna do today for example yeah my daily sometimes it's scramble and then sometimes it's sit down i call them dungeon days i'll sit down here in the office and have a dungeon day that means i'm doing like paperwork bills um all the stuff i hate to look at the most that's the dungeon day and then uh for the most part i I write down notes a lot. Um, I have a little notepad and I just scribble notes on it all the time. And just like when we open, this is how I work. It's a, it's a messy workflow, but if I don't write it down, then I lose them and, because mm -hmm. I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of ideas. And so our bigger picture goals, we structure through Google, Google drive and I dic you know, I delegate tasks. Um, I only have one sign on my desk, um, that's currently covered in a black, construction tarp but um it says do decide delegate delete and it's, uh, it's a little get it done if i'm not mistaken exactly yeah just done. yeah either do it or don't right so don't just like uh half-ass it just either go all in or don't go at all uh and then delegate yeah just get stuff done move faster um with our team, like we have a really lean team and we get a lot done because like one of our awesome team members who works at the front desk does graphic design. So if she's slow, she has her laptop up there and she's working on print material or design stuff we need done. And then another one is our horticulturist on staff. So we have 70 living plants in the space and she takes care of those, but she also is our um, partnership coordinator. So she works with race directors, local gyms, uh, functional medicine doctors to create um, referral networks and try and build relationships in the community to to strengthen our um, our position here and and how we affect the health and wellness community. And then another one of our team members, who's our massage therapist lead. She works with hotels, Airbnbs, and bed and breakfasts. And then, so we all have secondary roles, which isn't the most efficient way to get things done, but 
in a fast moving small company, everybody needs to do a lot. And then Jen, who's our manager, she does staffing, payroll, inventory ordering. And then she also uh, heads up our science department. So we have some studies that we just started that she's um, headed up. She also writes blog posts. She does, she's like really the extension of, of me. And I, I don't know how we got so lucky to find each other, but like, yeah, it's awesome working relationship. And she's like my organizational brain. Um, so she knows that like so much stuff is coming in and out of my mind all the time that she needs to take like the initiative to say, pull out the big important ones and force me to come back and revisit them. And, you know, I like writing copy too. So I write, um, I built the website myself and wrote all the copy on there, written some blog posts on there. Um, I wrote, I write probably 90% of the Instagram posts, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, we include a lot of health and wellness information in there that's proven scientifically. Um, and you know, we, we really fact check what we write, um, because we want to be an industry leader with the science data. So, uh, yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. I have a board at home. Uh, I just hustle through it, right? And when like things that I feel like are p- important, right? Like the right now, that's the workshops. So I'll work on that when kind of inspiration strikes. Honestly, because writing is is difficult, but um, I find that like if I get a lot of the stuff done, that's more operational. And then I sit down to write, it starts flowing out just so well. If I've done the things that are like maybe more physical, like maintenance around the building or something like all that stuff I feel good about, then I can sit down and really jam on the computer a little bit better. I'm someone who doesn't sit still very well. So if I can do two to four hours on a computer, that's like a massive success. Um, but other than that, you know, now my day's mixed out with meetings and the two top priorities for me right now are the workshops and our pitch deck and investor relationships. Um, so that's what we've been spending a lot of time on right now. Great. Yeah. And then so we know that you are expanding down into the dungeon. Yeah, <laughs> the basement space. The basement space that's going to become an extension of of what you have upstairs but what else is in the future for Badabastu? yeah the future i think in hot and cold therapy is bright um and there's there's not a lot of it on the east coast especially the southeast um so raleigh durham is looking like the next place we want to go we're trying to raise close to two million right now to fund that and to fund research and jobs that we need to hire we need to hire people and so that's that's step one is raleigh durham i think and and if we can pull that off in the next 12 months um then we'll do another fundraising round and then we'll really talk about uh uh, you know a a bunch more uh ideally so this is mostly a, a personal thing for me when you when you position for fundraising um, hey, did you fundraise to open this first location? No, this is self-funded. So my my wife and I took our savings and then leveraged uh, ourselves with debt. Yeah, cool. so it costs 
this location was like seven hundred fifty thousand with the basement space. Yeah. So, um, we have a couple hundred grand in debt, and then we put a couple hundred grand in. Yeah. So That's we own a hundred percent equity right now, which is amazing. Okay. Yeah. And so then, um, as you look to expand, so you didn't have to do a fundraise. I mean, was there a big hurdle to jump with a bank for for pulling that kind of yeah there weren't any banks we use mountain BizWorks here locally um they're funded by the sba and they're trying to increase business in western north carolina is you know their goal and fund entrepreneurship so we have um some loans through them um yeah that i didn't go through the bank banks are really difficult to work with and you know, if you get an SBA rate from a bank, it's like, you know, 12 and a half, 12 oh, percent, something really high. Yeah. Um, whereas if you get it through Mountain BizWorks, like we were at 7.5. Okay. So it's a lot. It's still high, you know, but like for business, small business and startup capital, it's really not. Um, it doesn't sound terrible. And and it's no. not a convertible note or something where right. yeah. they say, you know, what, don't pay me back. Debt. I just want part of this because it's going to gonna explode. Yeah, if we crumbled, they would get like our equipment and stuff. Yeah. They put a lean on that, but yeah. Okay. Other than that, yeah, we're good to go right now. And so then, as as because we haven't talked that I can think of, I don't think we've had a conversation where, um, to me at least, it seemed like this is a true, like, I don't know, uh, license or like regional expansion or mm-hmm. like truly scalable this could be in every city that looks like this model yeah except for you and so as you think about growth what type of investors or what type of partners are you most interested in and then what yeah. are you trying to communicate to those types of people yeah it's a great question uh i want investors who are impact driven so there's a new segment of investors called impact investors they invest in companies that are good for society and good for the environment is one short way of saying mm-hmm. it. And our company is designed to be both. Um, we use like all compostable materials upstairs. We only have one bag of trash a week, one bag. All the rest is compost. Um, and then, you know, we used all low flow water devices so that like the shower stalls don't have like we're not trying to waste water. We're not trying to waste resources. We're trying to mitigate those effects. Mm-hmm. So when we look for investors, we want investors who have values that they share with us. And those are, you know, green energy, uh, solar for the building. Um, and they're not as interested in short-term returns as they are in like creating great jobs. Right. So, um, I think we can employ a lot of people and pay them really well with a company like this. Um, and we can help a lot of people, right? The primary goal of Badabastu is to help people through hot and cold therapy, right? Mentally and physically. Um, uh, so we want investors who care about that mission and they can, yeah, and they're going to get a good return on their company. And that's the biggest struggle that we're actually dealing with right now is because I don't know if I'm going to want to sell the company after eight years or if I'm going to want to uh, pay dividends to investors um, to give them a return on their money. Uh, so those are all things we're juggling with and trying to structure right now because mm-hmm. I don't want to lose control of the company 
I need to keep a certain amount of equity for our next round. Um, but we look for people who care about what we're doing and like who we are. Um, and fortunately, like because of what we've done, I, I haven't even tried to find investors. Yeah. I can't um, imagine it's hard. I, I they've, was, they've, they've come to us because they like what we've done. Yeah. I was, we were just in Atlanta and when we were talking about doing this podcast, I kept saying like, it's, if I were sitting on a pile of money, I'd try to figure out how to give it some of it to you. You know, like, cause <laughs> Thanks. this is to me, like I, I just experiencing, like without experiencing it, I was like, okay, this, they're clearly onto something like timing is right. Mm-hmm. Industry is right. Uh, outside. And we had, I had walked the space. It was like, it looks right. Then actually, you know, I guess participating in the hot, cold, relax flow. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is to me, this is like the short circuit. So I, I have like a background um, where I was uh, at one point or another certified as a CrossFit coach instructor thing. Yep. Um, and there still is, but there's, there's a tendency where people for any type of, I'd say fitness movement, um, will outside in say that's a cult right like right that's a cult soul cycle cult berries boot camp cult crossfit right. cult and i don't think they're necessarily wrong i think they're just using uh like jv language yeah but what they're pointing to is these people go to a place mm-hmm. have a very real uh dopamine like hormone reaction because it's challenging uh-huh. there's a lot of energy there that like changes their state yeah um and then they see actual results plus you're surrounded by people of like mind energy enthusiasm exactly. how do you not go back to that place right like how, it, yeah that's a perfect recipe to continually go back right and so it's, i feel like this is the short circuit of that that doesn't require you to be super hardcore or love right. techno it's it's uh that's exactly it i mean You've hit on to something that, you know, our generation seeks purpose and seeks community because we grew up, you know, in a time when technology has made a huge influence on us and and people just want to be connected. You know, it feels good to be around people that are going in a common direction as you are, which is like maybe you're just seeking a little bit more self-care or maybe you're seeking to reduce your inflammation so you sleep better you're all there though because at the end of the day you just want things to be a little bit better Mm -hmm. and uh you know just this is kind of a side note but in comparison to what those other things are crossfit and barry's boot camp um and soul cycle and all these things they're they're phenomenal exercise modalities all of them in their own way but uh Bastu is passive, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not um so much physically hard as it is mentally hard. It's a little bit it's definitely a little bit more on the mental side than physical side. But the cellular stress is phenomenal, right? And so just like exercise when you stress the body, it reacts and it builds itself stronger. Well, that's happening here too except for the cellular stress is happening in a sauna or in a cold plunge and you're having a hormonal response. You're increasing your human growth hormone levels and the body wants to get stronger. And 
specifically mitochondria um, are really excited by heat. So and, and healthy mitochondria mean that you know if you have high, healthy mitochondria in your liver, your liver is going to be operating great. If you have healthy mitochondria in your gut and your you know different organs, they they operate well if mitochondria is operating well. And this uh, circuit is absolutely proven to affect mitochondria. I just went back to like high school biology class with the word mitochondria. Yeah. It's yeah. the powerhouse of the cell. Is that powerhouse that's, of the that's cell. That's a sound bite, right? Everyone yeah. knows that. What's a mitochondria? I don't know. It's a powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. Beyond that, don't ask me. Ask Jen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude, that's so funny. Um, I love, I mean, yeah, so we're all in. Uh, how are we on time? Are we at like kind of speed round ish time? It's time for this the cool. okay, non cool. the speed non speed round. Yeah, so this is um, you know at, at your own rate. Uh, typically, yeah. I believe the first question that we'll ask is um, if we had a magic wand. Yeah, and um, either we personally or someone randomly listening, and our or, or all the people who listen could do something. Uh, to serve you like what would right. that magic wand request be because you never know for people to serve me yeah like to, for something magic to happen uh-huh. that is the exact thing that you are hoping for because we have a magic wand or someone in the audience does and then you get the thing besides like five or six million dollars so is, i mean is that the thing? is that five is or that six, like out <laughs> five or six million from a from a uh like a thoughtful investor type and does it need to be a VC firm fund or you no, we're staying away from VC. So it's all like, uh, uh, private investors who are impact driven. Um, right now VC VCs are going to want to see tremendous growth and this industry is tough to do that. in. so, um, because each time you lease a new building and renovate it to be a Badabastu. Which is absolutely stunning. I don't know if we put enough time into that. Like, uh, from the, sh- the street view is like, wow. And then you come in and, um, you know, you said 70 plants and it's a, it's easy to miss because there's only a couple on ground level. But yeah. then you look up and it's like verdant and there's so much natural light and it's so clean. All the lines are so clean. Um, Thanks. People, like, it's... Yeah, design-wise, we we uh, I think we hit it. You did. Yeah, this is beautiful. Um, so yeah, I just say five or six million because y- you know the and people are like, oh, this guy, you know, just wants money. That's not. I want money because I just want to give it all back, right? Like I I have no interest in keeping that money really for myself. I mean, I would put myself on salary. That'd be nice because mm-hmm. right, you know, I haven't paid myself, and I guess you know, really like two years since I had a different job. Right. And so, um, my personal life is starting to be affected by the fact that I can't pay myself yet. And I put it all back into the company. So soon, soon that's going to change. But, um, yeah, if we took that kind of money, that would be great. We could open another facility. We could do better science projects here with hot and cold therapy, um, build our online guides for spa travel and hot and cold therapy health benefits and and we really be slingshotted forward you know that's all i really want right now in my life i'm so fortunate like my wife is awesome i have a young daughter who's eight months old she's awesome um my employees are phenomenal our customers are phenomenal like i am really blessed i have a great life um 
and I just want to keep offering what we have to more and more people because it is way cheaper than the hospital and pharmaceuticals. And it is really a holistic approach to mental health um, in this country. We have, this is where I like go off, Mm -hmm. you know, like anxiety and depression and people have no sense of purpose or community. Um, People are struggling out there and there's a reason why, you know, there's, there's, you're always pinging and dinging and flashing and people are lobbying for your attention so they can sell you some shit as fast as they can. And, you know, we don't do that. Like one news letter a month, two Instagram posts a week. Uh, if you want it, you can come buy it, but our pricing is super straightforward Mm -hmm. and we don't do sales. We don't do that kind of stuff. It's just not like it's counterintuitive to what we're trying to create here. I love that. And that's actually one of the other things that was, I don't think we communicated is that it's like, one of the only times I can think of where everyone was cell phone free. Like it's one yeah. thing to have gone to dinner and not brought our phones. Yeah. Um, but like as as you looked around, you know, the the relaxed space. Right. It was like, what's different? Like clearly it's beautiful and, and we're not, I'm not normally in a robe, but what's different? And it's like yeah. there were no phones. No phones, man. Yeah, it's great. Technology detox is so important. Um and it's becoming more and more of a thing. Uh, I I can't. I mean, my phone goes off all day, and I use it all the time now. But I, I turn it off when I get home, uh, so that I can like be present with my wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's the one thing I do that really makes an impact with my relationships with them. Um, I try to stay off it at home, and then you know I use a facility, so I don't have it then. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but be. You know, before this, it's it's so hard to talk about, right? Because, like, the world lives on social media, and social media is bad for you. Like, it is. There, There's nothing good for you in social media for your mental health. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I'd, be, I'd be a tough argument to have with people, but I would love to have that debate. Um, yeah, so so we, we offer that. Um, it's going to be a growing part of what we talk yeah. about um, is the technology detoxing. And so then I just have one other question, and this is not part of the speed round. Um, yeah. And, but I would say answer it as short as you think you can. Uh-huh. Um, with specifically with cold treatment, right? So Sarah, yep. we tried to follow the timing. I was pretty good, I think, mm-hmm. at following the timing. Um, specifically, I think, in the cold plunge, you know, Sarah was just kind of in and out. That yeah. was right for her. Yeah, um, your first time. That's great. When when you think about, it's uh, hard. When you think about, you, you said like, um, there's something powerful that happens, and it's almost certainly mm. it is certainly on a cellular letter, level. But mm. I think a lot about on like the will level, right. Um, right. and like uh, surrender. Right, like yep. a big part of this for me was like I just need to surrender. Like yes. it's cold. Yes. Get over it. Give up. Yes. yes. And just sit in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's cold. Choose to be here. Your will keeps you in here. And I'm wondering right. what part of the active mind uh, and like the strength training in the active mind do you think yeah. shows up here? Yeah. So it's funny. Like, you know, watch a 10 year old kid getting a cold body of water. Like, they don't really care. Uh, the adults have psyched themselves out. And, uh, 
I think that it's a it's a mindset for sure. And it gets down to really embracing discomfort. And I think that that's a really important thing for life in general is being able to say like, yeah, like I woke up today. I'm a big fan of like um, stoicism and mm-hmm. uh, the philosophy. And I read Seneca and Marcus Aurelius pretty regularly. And the the whole idea is like, yeah, you're going to wake up and like people are going to piss you off and someone's going to cheat, lie or steal. And, uh, you know, this is going to break or that's going to go wrong. It's like these things we all know are going to happen, right? Like that's going to happen. And if you react to them poorly every single time, you're just on this Ferris wheel that goes round and round and round. And it's, it's really uncomfortable to be on. So, but it's, it really is a choice to get off and say like, Oh, I'm embracing the struggle today. You know, it's like, you can apply this to anything that sucks in your life, literally. And, uh, and have a better outcome, I think. So, and that's what cold water therapy is in a way. Like you're, you know, it's cold, but you know that like doing it is going to be good for you afterward and really like going inward and finding your breath um, is, is key, right? I always tell people reclaim your breath because you're going to start to hyperventilate. But if you can reclaim your breath, then you're really going inward into your body. And that's what meditation is, Mm -hmm. right? So now you're bringing yourself into a state of meditation without even knowing that you're trying to do that. Um, and people that are doing it regularly, you know, they really get hooked on it because it's a way to get into a meditative state without, having to sit in a still room by yourself. So love that answer. And I, I concur. I think you're dead on. Cool. Let's go for more speed round. <laughs> All right. So if you have friends coming to Asheville, let's yeah. say for a weekend. Sure. Where do you take them? By the last two, first thing you gotta do is <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well it's starting to become that, which is great. We have a great customer bases who are making their guests do that. Um yeah, so when we have guests come to town, it really depends on what who the guest is. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as like, we're we're always gonna go outside somewhere hiking by water. That's that's uh gonna happen. And then uh, as far as food goes, we're gonna take them to Whole Donuts because they have the best donuts I've ever had in my life. And I don't even really eat donuts, but we only go when guests are in town now. That's like just our thing. And then. Uh, as far as other food places, we'll just cross through the food places. I think that Liberty House Cafe has a phenomenal lunch and brunch and a sourdough pancake that's like the size of your face. That's insane. Um, and You've then not, not heard of Liberty House before. I, it's I, uh, very close to our house. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah wow. It's in your hood. Yeah. Excited. Uh, it's good. Walkable. Um, you know, if they're going for cocktails, I don't drink, but uh, the antidote is phenomenal, and so is the um, uh, so is Sovereign Remedies. Those are both great experiences for some nightlife. As far as like fine dining goes, Bull and Beggar, Curate, um, both phenomenal. Um, but like I said, it depends on the person, right? We might go to some breweries if they're big beer drinkers. Um, my wife likes cider, so so we'll do that. Um, you know, we'll hit all the big, the big ones, the, the, the good stuff that Asheville has. There's so much, 
honestly mm-hmm. that you could go all day with that question like Asheville has no shortage of fun things to do for guests it's really easy to entertain people here and send them off to we might picnic at Biltmore sometimes we do that because um, we have a annual pass there and you can bring people in for free after five mm-hmm. if you have a pass and so we'll build like a picnic up and go picnic somewhere on the grounds we've um, been i think we've been dragging our feet on that it, that yeah. shows up a lot in the speed round oh um, does it yeah, yeah but i had not heard this after five o'clock you can bring friends for free that's cool yeah it's like it's kind of like our central park but you have to pay for the membership it's close though well uh, new york you're, you're paying for it <laughs> yeah you're paying for it just in every other way <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what trail you say uh hike along uh some water like yeah not maybe uh, the secret one but the next one. Oh yeah the secret one i won't <laughs> tell you um i mean some of the big uh classics out there um well this one doesn't have water but black balsam knob mm. people love that because it's like a it's one of the few uh places up high that doesn't have trees so mm. you get like really great views all the way around um i mean pisca down in brevard like you know that that's phenomenal that's that's awesome hiking tons of water you can pick any trail you want yeah. they're all awesome uh yeah and then my private ones i'm just gonna keep off the list <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. works yeah that works um do you have any i mean i you seem very busy do you have any hobbies outside of here yeah so i i was a big mountain biker um before the company opened and the year that we were building this place out, I separated my shoulder in a bad crash. And mm-hmm. then about five, uh, maybe three months later, I got back on my bike and unfortunately had another crash r- right after and messed up my ankle. And then now it's September and our daughter's due in December and the company's really starting to take up a lot of time. And honestly, I've shelved all my hobbies. Mm-hmm. I, I work um, seven days a week right now. And I take half days on weekends. So I come in usually between seven and eight in the morning. I leave around two on weekends. And that's like, so now I just like family time, hike, walk mm-hmm. outside with my wife and daughter on weekend afternoons yeah. as much as I can. But yeah, all my hobbies are gone now. Uh, but I am a, like a hobbyist. Like I'm a, I love archery. So I shoot my compound bow at home. Cool uh play tennis and mountain bike and and you're i mean you're a bit of a like a craftsman it seems like you did a lot of this yeah i do some construction and you said Um, you you renovated a sprinter van so that's not yeah insignificant to me at least did 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 that put a solar in that that was my first solar experience um like yeah i'll i'll try anything you know but that but i always seek experts you know (laughs) that's the key is find somebody who knows what they're doing and learn yeah. So I learned by doing mostly. Yeah. And then I'll just I'll add that I I've yeah. only mountain biked once, uh-huh. but the way that you described the meditation in a cold plunge mm-hmm. is what I felt while mountain biking. Oh, I cool. never had no idea what to expect. Yeah. But I was I, I don't feel like I've ever been more present yeah. than when going really fast down a, a hill on a right incredible bike. Yeah, it's really hard to think about uh, your problems when you're going down a hill on single track and like avoiding trees and stuff Mm -hmm. so um yeah it's a great release and i've always sought like high high speed releases in my life because i grew up playing high speed sports Mm -hmm. and you know the difference is like the brain 
you know, like when I like climbing on mountain bikes, long sustained climbing. Mm. Most people don't like climbing. I like it because it's repetition. Like I keep my cadence like in a certain zone usually. And then I like focus there, but I'm also like my mind isn't really having a lot of thoughts pop up the whole time. Whereas like on the downhill, I'm not having any thoughts, but that's because I'm in like my sympathetic nervous system is fully engaged and um, I'm in survival mode going down, like trying not to crash. Right. Right. So that's very turned on um, as far as the nervous system goes. And what cold water therapy does is the opposite of that. Right. So it's a huge turning off of the sympathetic nervous system. Yeah. Afterward. Because you're turning it on while you're in there. Oh, for sure. But (laughs) yeah. Is there anything that we've missed in this podcast that you would like to include? Um, You've sent love to the staff, to your wife. Yeah. I'm like, I feel pretty good about everything. The, the only thing I can say for people is like, uh, I would like people to make their mental health a priority. Right. Mm. And I think that's like a huge problem in our society is that we just, you know, we, there's lots of other things to do, uh, to get around making that a priority. But I think when you stop ignoring like your own mental health, um, and your discomfort there, then you really start to address like, uh, a more optimistic you, well, you don't address, you start to create a more optimistic future for yourself. Um, so whether that's like, you know, trying our facility or getting a regular routine exercise or, you know, just trying to help yourself by eliminating like your really bad eating habit or something like everybody's struggling with something different, you know, but uh, find a group of people who can help you do it, you know, and and that's, that's all I really care that people look for. (laughs) I mean, I I love that as a last word. I I also think I think we've alluded to it is that you can find really small wins here Yeah. while it's not a, um, you know, strenuous workout thing, right. Where you're going for time or for reps totally. and it's not how many reps per minute on a bike or something like that. Um, you know, you could say, well, I could only sit in the cold for, you know, two breaths last time I got three. Right. I'm like, that's a huge, that's a huge win. That's a huge win. Yeah. It just slowly but surely working yourself up in the cold plunge really builds people's confidence. And we see it here all the time. Yeah. I mean, and, all, yeah, it's and great. And to your point earlier, yeah. if I can do this, yeah. why couldn't I do anything else? Why can't else? you do something else? Yeah. You do, do something that stresses you a little bit, accomplish that, and then why can't you do the next one? So, so we, we're going to have links to all of the, like, Dr. Rhonda Patrick's and the Tim Ferriss and cool. you know, Seneca. Um, you want to just tell us where we can find you on the internet as well? Yeah. So Badabastu828 is our Instagram handle. Um, we communicate a lot through that. You can subscribe to our newsletter on our website, Um Yeah, those are the two best places to find us right now. And we hope you come check out the newsletter because that's where we like try and have our high quality conversations and that's where you're going to find real value. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's an episode. 
Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Awesome. And that was episode number 14 with Andrew Nellig. If you'd like to learn more about any of the things that we talked about or mentioned in this episode, please visit the show notes page. You can find that at makingitinashville.com slash 014. And if you like the episode, there's no better way to tell us than by commenting or subscribing on iTunes. Uh, all of those comments, likes, shares uh, are really meaningful. They help other Asheville locals and friends around the world find the podcast. So thank you in advance. And this is actually our last interview of season one. We will have one more episode, sort of a wrap-up episode, um, coming out next week. And then we will be going into season two, which is very exciting. So if you or someone you know would like to be interviewed on this podcast, please visit makingitinashville.com slash podcast. There's a very easy to find and very easy to fill out um, recommendation list. All right. That was a podcast. 14 down, boo. High five. You said boo. I did. <laughs> <laughs> boo boo boo. <laughs> <laughs>